Today in business from Wired. The Science of Scaling, hosted by Mark Roberge, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark Roberge, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO, senior lecturer at Harvard Business School and co-founder of Stage 2 Capital, sits down with the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling your company's growth. I like the episode with the founder of Aircall on how to go from handling your own sales to scaling a sales team. It has great advice for entrepreneurs. Listen to The Science of Scaling wherever you get your podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uber and Lyft drivers have some advice for autonomous vehicles set to swarm the streets. San Francisco ride-hail drivers are about to share the roads with robot competitors. They say that the self-driving cabs need to work on their traffic skills and watch out for bodily fluids. By Ariane Marshall and Caitlin Harrington. Take a walk around San Francisco this summer, and you'll see something curious. Jaguar SUVs and Chevrolet hatchbacks driving around with no one inside. The ghostly vehicles are owned and operated by Google spin-off Waymo and General Motors subsidiary Cruise. Soon there will be a lot of them, because last week, the companies received a state regulator's permission to operate paid robo-taxi services anywhere in the city around the clock after years and billions spent on testing and development. San Francisco's 10,000-odd Uber and Lyft drivers have already gotten used to sharing the road with trainee machines designed to make their work obsolete. From that front-row seat, they have watched the robots trigger on-road drama that has angered city officials, as the self-driving vehicles have blocked fire trucks, emergency vehicles, and city buses, and caused jams by freezing in traffic. Wired spoke to 10 drivers who work in San Francisco about what they've seen of the robot taxis so far, and how they expect them to handle the rigors of public service, vomit splatters and all. Ride-hail drivers have watched with amazement, disgust, and a who-cares attitude often found among those accustomed to the job precarity and algorithmic whims of platforms such as Uber and Lyft, and they offered up a bunch of advice to the newbie robots driving alongside them. Some was friendly, some not at all. Robotaxis are generally programmed to follow the letter of the law, Waymo spokesperson Julia Ilana says its cars are designed to display polite, considerate, and defensive driving. But ride-hail drivers say that sometimes the rules of the road need to be fudged. Rideshare passengers are spoiled. They're used to getting picked up right where they are, says Alex Popovich, who has been driving for Uber and Lyft in San Francisco for five years. When forced to choose between briefly blocking a driveway, technically a ticketable offense, and loading passengers in the middle of traffic, He'll sometimes opt for the former. Human drivers make trade-offs like this constantly, he says, whereas the AI-powered cars he's observed seem less flexible. Sometimes law-breaking is the only option. Ride-hail driver Glauco Marino recalls picking up passengers on New Year's Eve near San Francisco's City Hall. A street was closed for a party requiring drivers to make a technically forbidden U-turn. Marino had to make his around a robo-taxi idling in the middle of the road hazard lights flashing, apparently paralyzed by its own lawfulness. 
it was creating some chaos because there were a lot of drunk people walking back and forth, so there wasn't a lot of space to maneuver around the stopped car, he says. Elena, the Waymo spokesperson, acknowledged that being a good driver occasionally means being a scofflaw. The company's robotaxis might sometimes, she says, cross a double yellow line in order to maintain a safe distance from other road users, including cyclists. Being a good ride-hail driver requires being an expert at reading not just roads, but people. After Popovich spent four hours trying to scrub projectile vomits off the ceiling of his car, he hired a cleaning service and started paying closer attention to passengers' intoxication levels. Now, after greeting each passenger, he asks them how they're doing. Not because I want to know about them, he says. I want to hear them speak to see if they're slurring. And he's always equipped with plastic bags in case someone becomes queasy. Robotaxis summoned by app have cameras and two-way voice links inside, but the cars and their overseers can't reliably gauge how intoxicated or sick a person is. Earlier this year, San Francisco officials said the companies called emergency services three times after riders fell asleep and could not be roused remotely. And vomit is just one of the body fluids right-hail drivers have to worry about. Gabe Etzhoken, a San Francisco driver who writes about driving for Uber and Lyft for the website Rideshare Guy, thinks driverless cars are purpose-built for sex work. Based on his experience, even having a human driver at the wheel doesn't always prevent determined passengers from doing what they'd like. Cruz has a cleaning fee policy and charges up to $150 for extensive liquid and smelly messes, including vomit. Waymo spokesperson Elena says human workers use cameras inside the company's vehicles to determine if a cleaning is needed before or after rides, and that robo-taxis are always cleaned when they return to home base for charging or maintenance. Some San Franciscans hunt driverless cars for sport. In July, road safety activists organized the Week of Cone, disabling the cars by sticking orange traffic cones on their hoods. Last week, the activists promised to continue the coning now that the companies are poised to expand their paid ride service in the city. Ride-hail driver Jason Munderlo has seen kids at the bus stop jumping into the street to harass the cars and test their robot reflexes. The youth, they're our inspiration, he says. While some are seeking only teenage hijinks, others are motivated by distrust toward big tech. As San Franciscans, we've seen many conspicuous tech-driven changes and our lives keep getting worse, Munderlo says. Sometimes I look at robo-taxis and my blood runs a little cold. Self-driving cars can get tripped up by unusual traffic conditions, which, in a dense, changing city subject to increasingly extreme weather, tend to be fairly common. If robocabs want to compete, they'll have to adapt. City officials have long complained about AVs blocking fire and other emergency vehicles, and they have also troubled trains and buses. A ride-hail driver who goes by Michael because he fears retaliation from ride-hail platforms recalls navigating the city during a spate of gusty storms earlier this year that shattered windows and office towers and brought robo-taxis to a standstill. He remembers maneuvering around a tree that had fallen in the road while an autonomous vehicle sat there, bewildered. On another occasion, a power outage took out a set of traffic lights, and Michael had to steer around a puzzled driverless car stopped in the intersection, hazard lights flashing. Lydia Olson, another right-hail driver, predicts that as the fleets expand, the car's limitations, familiar to professional drivers, will become more widely known. She recalls getting stuck behind a self-driving vehicle stranded in the middle of a busy intersection, the last turnoff before a highway on-ramp where robo-taxis rarely drive. 
Waymo is testing its vehicles on freeways in the Bay Area. People are going to get a really good look at where the technology is, she says. I hope they keep them away during rush hour. Labor groups such as the Teamsters and the San Francisco Taxi Workers Alliance have blasted autonomous vehicle companies for gunning for their members' jobs. Asked what he thinks about robo-taxi technology, ride-hail driver David Ireland was unequivocal. It sucks. It will take our jobs and income from us. But he doesn't spend too much time worrying about the robots because he doesn't think they will truly be ready to operate as a service for several years. Many drivers predicted, perhaps hopefully, that they'd be retired before self-driving cars could come for their jobs. Waymo spokesperson Julia Elena says those drivers are right. There will continue to be great need for drivers over the coming years, she says, adding that Waymo will also create thousands of new roles, including dispatchers, technicians, and customer support as it scales up its fleet. In a May interview with the New York Times podcast, Cruise CEO Kyle Vogt spun the fact that his company and others have taken longer than they'd hoped to get the technology working as a boon for professional drivers. Almost a nice side effect, he said, is a lot of people know this is coming. Some who know this is coming simply shrug. Several ride-hail drivers told Wired that they think the jobs have become too crappy to fight for because earnings have declined over the years and there's no reward for sticking around. It's just a gig job, says Sam Gormas, who doesn't lose sleep over being replaced by a machine. I could just quit and find something else. Thanks for listening to Wired. I'm Zeke Robison, and for more stories just like this one, visit us at wired.com. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.